0: Welcome to the Life Links podcast where we link multicultural generations to push past stigma and embrace our heritage because we're not blending in. If you're trying to balance the generational differences in a multicultural family, then have a listen and see what resonates with you. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby and also the creator of this content. If you want to chat more about what we talk about on the show, please reach out to me on whatever platform you enjoy on social media. I'm available at LifeLinks or on our website at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. I'd love to engage with you more on these topics and hear more of your story and what you have to say about it. Hola, chicas. Happy Wednesday. Happy June 1. Isn't it great to have a new month started in a short week? We're heading towards that first day of summer. Are you feeling the warmth kicking in and the longer days? Total mood changer. Definitely in need of the extra doses of serotonin, that much-needed hormone that just boosts our mood and helps us feel calm. And isn't that exactly what we need this week? Oh, my Lord. May has been such a heavy one. Really over-the-top heavy for me. The added grief of Uvalde and the baby struck down. It feels like there was no time to come up for air after Buffalo. It just feels like the last straw, the one that really breaks that camel's back. Today, we're just going to embrace that feeling and, and learn how we can be both, how we can feel the pain, let go of the pain, and find the joy the really tough part is not knowing where everyone else is on this process, this grief. And what do you do while you're holding all of this in, waiting to spill it out to someone? And the hardest part for me, the hardest part is being alone with it in a society that is uncomfortable sharing this raw emotion. So what do we do? This is what we're talking about today. How to learn from past generations on processing grief and what we could bring forward in our own lives. Taking a moment to understand what was done before and why helps to bring forward knowledge that may still help us benefit us the way it has for generations. Today's episode focuses on cultural practices of the past that helped process grief. Generationally, the DNA is pulsing in you. It's the nature versus nurture discussion, but with a little twist. Individually, we come hardwired. We're born with our personalities, our feelings and emotions, and usually these can be fed in our environment. But getting moved out or even displaced from the environment disconnects that DNA from its natural source of support. The environment is no longer supporting the individual, and instead, the person is left on their own to find support. If you add in the notion that wanting support is a stigma, then life may become unsustainable. It's really difficult. We're not meant to do this life alone. So when tragedy strikes, or even sadness, and grief sets in, what do you do? What have you learned from past generations and what still applies? And more importantly, how do you heal in a new physical and generational environment? That's all new to this. As you're thinking about that for a minute, I'm going to give you a heads up on next week's steamy cafecito moment. For any new listeners, this is our way of supporting small business in any community, especially women and diverse-owned businesses. So if you have one in your neighborhood or a global recommendation, then DM me on our LifeLinks Instagram or email me through our website at thelinks.com. Tell you more about this business at the end of our episode, so stay tuned. So let's get into today's topic with a gentle hug first, un abrazo, to share support and comfort. If today's episode fits within your space today, I am very grateful for letting me in and will try to honor your vulnerability. If you're new here, I'd like to give some context to the Latinx culture based on my own experience being raised here. In past episodes, I talk about the love and comfort of the Latinx and Hispanic communities. The warmth of welcoming anyone into our homes, whether spontaneous or planned, is unparalleled. And it's a sign of honor when someone considers you so trustworthy that they will spontaneously knock on your door. This is a deep cultural lifestyle that stems from family, and it just expands outwardly. As a child, you are surrounded by so many people looking after you that you feel safe and so loved. Especially because in the community, kids come first before all others. So children are held close and really raised in innocence for as long as possible. Now, this can fly into some brick walls when you're trying to grow out of childhood and parents are trying to hold you back. But really, it is out of love a little fear, but mostly love. And family is everything, even extended family. Everyone close to the parents are considered tías and tíos for the children, so much so that as an adult you have to redo all the family trees you created in school because they're wrong. All wrong. Basically, the family is a rainforest of tangled, beautiful species that has to get untangled to discover the true, original source of who your blood family is. So between the extended sense of family and the focus on children from the start, community is close-knit. And within that type of community, emotions are shared. They're known, and rarely are you left alone to deal with them which can be a good thing or not-so-good thing. But again, love, mostly out of love. In past generations, especially in a home country, the entire community would share emotions. From celebrations to grieving, an entire community would know what a person or a family was experiencing through the outward display. Think of quinceaneras celebrating young women and wedding processions through the towns. Everyone is involved, whether invited or not. And the same is true for grieving. An entire community would know when there was a death in a family, because if someone close passed away, then the adults in the family would wear black, not just for the day of the funeral, but for an entire Year. Now, this is really special when you think about it because wearing black for an entire year says two things. One, it tells a community, even strangers, even visitors, that the person is in mourning, a severe mourning over someone very close to them. This gives a heads up to others to be gentle with the person, to offer compassion and kindness and to create space for them to grieve outwardly. Burden is lightened by removing it from the person already suffering and transferring it to the community to take care of them. Wearing black for a year speaks to the time necessary to process grief. It's not a day or a week. It's not even a year. But for a year, you could at least allow all the emotions to come up. It teaches children that harsh sadness can take a long time until you feel better. And that's okay. It's okay and it's normal for everyone. Even so, healing can really take a lifetime. Just for it to feel less disruptive but knowing that someone in your community has suffered a loss allows individuals to engage accordingly supportively and kindly no one is left to deal with grief alone so if cultural generations have been living this process outwardly normalizing grief and the time necessary to heal then why has it disappeared here? Why do we expect grief to end the moment the news has passed? Has this come up for you? I can't help but feel it after May. May, the month of mental health awareness. And it's shocking to me that life carries on as if the complex emotions have passed already. It's a one-and-done mentality. If anything, new pain, it cuts deep inside and may fuel existing pain that's already there that just explodes from you like a volcano. For me in one generation, the ability to grieve outwardly in this country was lost. My mother grieved outwardly for years after my grandmother passed. She wore black for a year And people knew. After a year of seeing her, they knew she was hurting. But when I lost my partner suddenly, I sat alone with it just after a few weeks. Life went on for others. People were busy. Work. Always work. And wearing black meant nothing. If anything, it's become a uniform for tech. Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg took it over. But why? What happened in that time? Why did life speed up so much? Taking away the time we needed to heal, to focus on each other. I really think it was the introduction of non-stop news. Yes, I blame Ted Turner and CNN. Sorry, Jane. With 24-hour news, media could hardly stay on one topic for more than a day. The competition for the next breaking news ramped up, and people were trained to dismiss what just happened and get excited for the next story. And all of this just got exacerbated with social media. Flip, 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 flip. Still, the beauty of another generation rising is that it recognizes the disconnect. It sees the need to feel to grieve, and to have the freedom to live this outwardly as a community. So we may have lost it in one generation, but I really feel we are on the verge of bringing it back. Thanks immensely to the next generations who are adamant to correct this misguidance. And thankfully, thankfully, we have more options for healing than past generations. Healing that, again, can be done outwardly, with community, or just solo, or with assistance, or even all of the above. We are not held to generational traditions, but we do learn from them. And in the case of healing, we can acknowledge that it takes time. That community helps make space, and that helps individuals find a way to heal. But embedded in this goodness of culture, embedded in this traditional knowledge of different ways to access healing can be some heavy handed pressure and conformity. Traditionally, faith and family have been the resources for healing and at the same time, sources of conflict. So how do we pull the goodness of cultural traditions, of faith and family forward, while leaving the angst behind. Let's take a look at the goodness first. Faith and spirituality can be a very strong base for healing. It allows a person to hand over the burden and pain to something greater, something not of this world, or to ask for strength to endure the process. Faith also keeps a connection with those that have passed on. It provides a platform for that soulful embrace if the community is not supportive of it. Gathering with friends and family is a natural tendency, even with different generations. Yes, expectations may be different and expressions may get lost in translation, but being held, providing abrazos, is a strong connection that allows for vulnerability. Being among loved ones allows you to let your guard down, knowing you will be held. Yet these cultural aspects can create pressure, guilt, and even silence, all of which disrupt the healing process that they were supposed to do. Often when I see this happen, it has more to do with the personalities involved than the actual source. So maybe the disconnect is less about the faith, religion, or spirituality, and more about the persons acting through it. For instance, faith and spirituality provide a place to unload pain at any minute of any day. There's no need for an appointment or coordinating schedules. You have the power to access it whenever you need it. Spiritual relationship is so personal and based on your unique soul that really no one can tell you it's right or wrong. You have the power already within you to hand the burden, the pain, over to something else. There's no right way or wrong way. There is no process to follow if it doesn't resonate with you. The basis of faith has always been to be the best you can be. Without the expectation that this can be done successfully day in and day out. We are human. I hear you. This isn't what you've been taught. I get it and I totally agree but that's the human teaching you how to apply faith and spirituality. It's a human version, which is no better than your own human version. So practicing cultural faith, religion, spirituality to heal grief can still bring solace and comfort if you keep it intimate and personal rather than traditional and detached. When it comes to family, then the generational separation can add to the disconnect. Each generation embraces trauma not only in their own lives, but from their parents. For me, after being both a daughter and now a mother, I get it. I can see how my mother's experiences affected her and how that transferred into her parenting and affected me. Then the cycle repeated itself. And with that, the disconnect of understanding what young people are going through relative to their own surroundings and their own experiences. And we as parents don't see it. We don't get it right. But we do want to stop that ongoing generational cycle. So, as family, let's find a way to clear the trauma in the moments we need to access healing. Family relationships can be a wonderful source of unconditional love to help heal. Family is more likely to show up for you at any time, any day, than others have time for, whether friends or professionals. They don't have the bandwidth. So lean into family when the world gets too heavy or the sadness too deep. Try leaning in without words and just feel the warmth. Try creating space free of traditional roles and view each other as individuals carrying pain. In that space, realize that you may both be grieving and that commonality alone can help heal. Instead of relying on family to have the answers or validate feelings, see them as a source to just be safely held in. Abrazos or hugs go a long way in feeling safe. Feel the warmth of the person you are leaning into. Listen to the calmness of their breath and the rhythm of their heart. It can be hypnotic and meditative. And in that space, allow the feelings to come up in whatever way your soul feels necessary. Give it permission to let go and hand over the pain, the fear, the strength. Become vulnerable and feel supported. Because, amigas, we can be so, so strong almost too much. It's in our DNA. And yes, if we parents begin saying inane directives, it's okay to tell us to be quiet. Remember, for so long, we have been dealing with chaos and struggle that we tend to redirect feeling. It's not healthy, but it's how we learn to survive. Try not to give up on us. Help us learn to trust the process again. Honestly, it doesn't take much, because as soon as we see the look in our children's eyes, regardless of age, we want to hold our child, carry them back to pain-free days of innocence. If anything, we are another vessel for our children to unburden their grief. This is how culture can be lived, modernized, and passed on generation to generation. Then we add our own experiences, our own social impact, and create the next version of our culture forward. And this is where next week's episode chimes in. For as much as our traditional heritage can be modernized, we can add new aspects that were not part of tradition. In the case of grief and learning to live through pain, mental health care was often stigmatized and denied. This isn't just a cultural aspect, though. It is a generational one, even here in the U.S. So join us next week to learn why mental health care was off the radar and how it can be introduced into cultural heritage and passed on to future generations. Until then, may your days be more gentle. May you find space to feel and let go of the emotions that are trapped within your strength. May we together be available for each other and embrace the grief together. Heal together. Grief can rise from any experience, like changing jobs, friendships, ending difficulties in relationship. Take time to process, to heal, to be reminded that grieving takes time, even a lifetime. And in that process, there is still joy. Let go of the pain in order to embrace joy. Ah, I feel like we should meet up on a warm beach with turquoise waters and just stare off onto the horizon. And now for your little steamy cafecito moment. I hope you're following the hints on our Instagram stories. If you missed any, you can find them on our highlights under the cafecito icon. And in next week's episode, you can learn more about the Enticing Cafe in Oakland. It's a woman-owned business that was created from the vision and desire for better coffee and better food. Enough said, but these aren't your typical cafes. Everything from molasses to lavender to surprises. So take a look on our Instagram stories next week for the sneak peek at this really different cafe. Remember to tag lifelinks in your cafecito moments, especially in your own neighborhood, global and otherwise. I'd love to see them. These coffee businesses are so personal. It's like walking into somebody's home where they're so proud to serve their own creations to you. Oh, definitely better than corporate. Take a look at our website at thelinks.com for each episode's transcripts and the articles linked to what you've heard here today. And yes, I have finally added more content. Share the love of this podcast with your friends and please leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts so we can stay in conversations. Step into your truth, ladies. Love you. Be gentle on yourself. Ciao. Really appreciate the time you take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out to us at thelinks.com. That's L N X X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at Lifelinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva!